Hi, I'm Michelle Bogle, and I am the host of the Realtor Lady podcast. And this podcast is a exploration of the real estate industry with the people who actually work in it. I talk with real estate agents from all across the U.S. We go over the similarities and the differences in our markets, all with the idea to better inform and give people a better idea of what's going on in the real estate market as it's changing. I also talk to vendors, lenders, and people who have other roles in the real estate community, all to better give you an idea of what's going on. Think of it as kind of like real estate commentary instead of sports commentary. And if that's something that interests you and you like to follow the real estate market, tell your friends you can't talk right now because you are with the Realtor Lady. Hey there, welcome back. It's Michelle and you are with the Realtor Lady and I have not had someone live on my podcast in a very long time. So I'm super excited. I somehow managed to talk this nice gentleman into coming on and explaining mortgage rates and what they mean right now and where they're going and some things we can do about it. So uh, welcome, Brian. Yes, thank you. it, It froze a little bit. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. Um, Brian Dean, local uh, mortgage banker, been doing loans since 1997. Uh, I have a background in wholesale mortgage where I used to call on mortgage companies and then I became a vice president of production where I ran operation and sales. So I have underwriting background, um, dealt with you know hundreds of purchases um, because- what, What's underwriting? Wholesale. Underwriting is when we, when a, we put a loan package together an underwriter looks at a file and reviews it. They check your income. They check the collateral, which is the property, because a bank owns the house with you until you pay it off. Um, and they'd look at um, credit, that type of thing. They um, well, just, just look at to make sure that, that the chances that you're going to pay that loan back, basically, and that, that that property in particular is financeable. Awesome. So we were going to start just with... Uh, Mortgage rates are not the the Fed rates. Um, so if you can explain that, I honestly get confused sometimes still too. So if you could just educate us all on that and remind us what that all means. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, so the Fed rate is the rate is, think of it like a, a one day rate. It's a very short term rate. It's a rate that um, credit cards, auto loans are based on um, it's like an overnight rate that the banks borrow money at. Um, that's like a one-day rate. Your uh, mortgage rate is a, th- a fixed rate, a 30-year term, which is affected, which is tied to the bond market. Uh, typically, what happens when the Fed raises rates, mortgage rates actually go down because when it, it, it's it's almost like a um, teeter-totter to the stock market where the stock market doesn't like when the Fed raises rates because money isn't as available. So people put that money into the bonds, which when bonds are tied to the um, mortgage rates, I don't want to get too technical, but yeah, it's uh, it's like a teeter totter. It's, it's normally the opposite, but right now mortgage rates are higher, even though they're 30 year and not the Fed rate because inflation, you want to talk about that? For a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. so why is it? Yeah. So my understand, 
I mean, because I was watching the Fed rate go up and I was thinking, okay, that's okay. Mortgage rates are going to go down. The bond mm -hmm. market will, you know, rally and and it didn't really happen or, or it yeah. did. I just, I, I don't understand why it went that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why it, it's funny because it's, it's on the other side, when the Fed lowers rates, people call me and say, hey, I want to, the Fed lowered rates a quarter of a percent. Can I refi and get a quarter off? It's like, no, it actually the opposite because people pull money out of the bonds, put it in the stock and then mortgage rates go up. But to answer your question, what's going on now is mortgage rates are tied to bonds of fixed income for 30 years. Um, if you're locking up that money for 30 years, for example, if you had where rates were, you know, not too long ago, if you had a rate at 3%, that investor now has that, that vehicle that's going to pay him 3% over 30 years. Well, now that rates are 7%, 7.5%, that bond isn't worth as much because everything costs more. That, those dollars don't go as far. So that bond is now worth basically less than 50% of what it was less than a year ago. So therefore, bond prices have to go up to make it desirable for people to lock up that money for 30 years. Okay. If that, if that, does that make sense? Or? So the 3% guy is happy or unhappy? Unhappy now because his bond is worth, I mean, if, if we did it in even numbers, like if say you bought a $100,000 bond at 3%, it's right. paying you $3,000 a year. If rates go to 6% and now they have to sell bonds at 6%, he's not happy because his bond is only worth 50%. If he wants to sell that, he has to sell it for 50% of what he bought it for. Um, as inflation comes down, it goes the other way, which inflation will peak. And you know we can talk about that if you want. Sure. Sooner than later, that will that is when rates will start to go down because long-term investments like bonds don't like um, inflation because you you your money doesn't go as far. You're locking up that money basically in that in that example for that that period of time. So okay, um, okay, inflation. So let's mm -hmm. go there. Um, what do you see happening? So inflation, um, inflation. You know, as they raise rates, they're they're trying to take money out of the system. When you have inflation, you have too many dollars chasing fewer products, which dries up you know supply and demand. Yeah. That's why businesses don't put stuff on sale if they're selling it anyway, right? So you get cost of goods. A lot of it's just from a COVID, the amount of money they put into the system. Um, you know, it's out for discussion if they should have backed off sooner. But I think we're all, you know, just paying the price right now because there was all this money available. Um, inflation is based year over year. There was a headline that came out yesterday that says we're at a 40-year high when actually, if you dig into the numbers, we've actually kind of passed the peak, they think, mm -hmm. because, you know, I can show you a, a graph, but in, in a nutshell, inflation was low in June, July, August, September last year, October of last year, it actually jumped up. So when they came out the numbers uh, yesterday with what um, August or excuse me, September's numbers were, it looks like we've gone up. Well, that's because that replaces the prior year's numbers. So since October of last year was high, when October of this year comes out and replaces last year's number, which will happen in November, a lot of... Um, you know, people with a crystal ball, as much as you can have one in this market, are predicting that, well, 
we'll we'll pass that peak and you'll actually see inflation year over year they call it going down and then with the raising interest rates i think that that will it's starting to kick in and that will bring inflation down which will bring interest rates down hope that's not confusing well the hard the hard part i think um for everybody to understand though is from from my perspective is there's still a a lot of cash running around purchasing things and a lot of cash still buying things that well they're probably trying to tamp that down and try to even it out there's still so many people with money it's just, there's just so much money absolutely um, I, I keep telling people, I really don't think this is going to be a big, bad recession. I think it'll be short-lived only because there's so much cash coming behind it that, that may hold back. My husband's uh, an industrial electrician who works for a lot of very large companies in the Valley, and he says they're holding off on jobs not because of money. They're just waiting to see where things are going to go. They're just yeah. waiting. Yeah. It's not because they don't have it. Where before, it was because they didn't have it. I mean, it was a desert. Mm-hmm. So. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I definitely, I, I see that, you know, there's still a lot of money. Still people that have a lot of money in stock that want to buy homes. You know, a lot of people are want to come to the, our side of the, of the mountain, you know, Santa Cruz County. Um, and there's still low inventory. You know, you, you've got a lot of people that had low interest rates that, you know, they don't want to refi. They don't want to move. Um, so it's just the way, sorry, I'm going to get a call coming. Let me turn that off. Um, it's just, the way it is and i think i think the smart people know that rates will come down you know there's a saying going on right now i'm sure you you've heard that says date the rate and- yeah yeah marry the house and date the rate because people i had a somebody tell me the other day that you know people are like animals they follow the herd so once rates start coming back down it's going to go crazy again you're going to be back in the bidding wars where somebody who's smart would say, let's buy the house now, knowing that rates are going to come down in the future and then we'll refi it down the road. But at least you're, you're getting, well, there's a couple things to that. First, um, what I'm seeing firsthand is buyers are, um, able to fall in love with the house and make an offer and go through the process that there, there is a, uh, kind of, a unfolding of the process that they get to actually do in this period right now, uh, they get to ask more questions. They get to do more discovery. They get to have more contractors come look at the house. Uh, there's more negotiation and more, uh, communication with the seller. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of upsides to buying at this time. Absolutely. And if you can get a rate, I did, I've had two sets of buyers that managed to find some, they dug these lenders out of whatever caves they were in and managed to get some very competitive rates. But not only that, they got the house they wanted. That's the other part of it is, you know, when you're out and you're competing against so many other people, you may just get the house that you could get and you may not get the house that you want. So there's a, there's a, there's a, like you said earlier, it's a teeter totter effect. And I'm working with buyers right now that are they're enjoying a full discovery process. They get to go spend some time in the house before they remove their contingencies. I mean, there's just this whole kind of like romance with the house again, where before it was just, you know, it was shotgun wedding. You like it, you better, you know, you don't have chance Absolutely. to love it. <laughs> yeah. You didn't have time to think because it was a short deadline. I mean, and you and I, you know, both have clients that just gave up 
you know, when you're, when you're, you know, you write an offer and there's 20 other people, people only go so long and then they just give up hope. And, you know, I actually don't, jump my guys in. win. Not really. Yeah. Okay. No, my guys win. So, okay. um, but I also, um, I also talk to buyers about certain in in a in a hotter market, certain agents and certain brokerages that may not be conducive to how you're going to want to do this. So, unfortunately, I don't go to that open house. It's 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 not it's not directing. It's not being discriminatory. It's just saying that that th this will get your heart broken. This is a better avenue. And when they did that. Um, then they just kind of had the blinders on and were just going straight down for it. It, it, it worked better, but now they can actually, you know, they can go look at anything they want and, and probably have a fairly good, good shot at it. Yeah. But, um, so you, you see rates going down. Is there, is there a timeline? Do you have any, idea? I'm thinking a lot of people, you know, the things that I read, they're thinking towards the end of the year. They're, yeah. they're thinking they're going to come down towards the end. Cause like I said, once inflation peaks, um, you, you'll start seeing the, the, the media and all that starting to, you know, say everything's great again. Um, you've also got, you know, there's certain political things that happen in November that will, will, they'll be, you know, putting stuff on the media about positive and all that stuff, which will in fact be positive because we will pass that peak, um, like I said, in October, we're, we're, we're thinking when inflation will start to peak, but you know, rates are, it's like, rates are like gas prices. They're fast to go up. They're slow to come down. Um, so I think once you start seeing the headlines in November, about October and all that, it's going to start, things will start coming down slowly. Yeah. I would imagine the election will have some um, ripple Absolutely. effect on, on the economy and how people are optimistic or, or not. Um, wow. We're just kind of ripping through this. It, usually in Chris, Christmas time though, or the the later part of the year, I always see interest rates kind of tend to go up just a tiny bit. So naturally, so it sounds like maybe January would be a really optimistic time to maybe Could see be. some good changes. Yeah, a lot of times people wait to see what happens with the 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 Christmas purchasing. About you know those numbers come out in January. You know, did you know X Y Z company meet their expectations of how much sales they were going to do? type thing, you know, and then when those, if, if it was a bad Christmas, then, you know, they say, oh my gosh, the economy is bad. Right. So, or they, what, uh, what's yeah. been happening lately is they've been giving a um, expected number and then they beat that, but the expected number is so low, of course they're going to beat it. Right. So <laughs> it's, it's how you spin it. <laughs> I finally read a Bloomberg article that I had to read it three times because I have to say that online journalism is pretty poor at this point, but, um, it finally was an article that actually worked for this area. And it said the real estate market is weird. And I don't know if you saw it, but basically it said, you know, it's going down everywhere as much as 30% in some areas throughout the country. And then it said midway through, but in some areas it's weird. And what they're saying in my my belief is that they couldn't they couldn't predict in some areas like ours where the inventory would stay so low that the prices stayed high regardless of what the rates did. And that weird was because they couldn't peg it. Exactly. 
Yeah. And, and we're on an island here because you can't build west because there's water. Right. And you also, you know, I know for one, because I was one of the 911 homes that burned in mm-hmm. the CCU fire. Oh, and no. out of 911 homes, I heard 12 have been rebuilt so far. So, you know, how Santa Cruz County can be with building, it's very difficult. So you've taken those homes out of the inventory. Not all of them, unfortunately, will be rebuilt because of the cost of rebuilding and under insurance and county rules and, you know, red tape. Um, so that's really going to have an impact on our supply and demand. Also, you know, myself as being a homeowner, I'm now renting a house. I'm taking one house out of the rental pool that a a renter would normally have. Well, if, until my house is rebuilt, I'm taking one of the rentals, which means there's fewer renters, fewer rentals, which drives up prices, which, you know, makes it a reason to, um, buy a house basically because. And, you know, I just thought of a side note with rates. I, I, I posted something on my Facebook the other day that, you know, people complained about wanting to pay a high interest rate to buy a house. And I said, well, your rent is 100% interest. So on, on a side note, I just thought about that because you're, you're paying your landlord. But anyway, sorry. Good Got point. Um, <laughs> so well, let's talk about that for a quick second. Yeah. So what are you doing? Are you rebuilding? Yes. Yes. Okay. And you're... Um, Bonnie Doom, where are you? I'm up the golf course in Boulder Creek. Oh, and okay. What, what we're actually on sewers up there, I think, is what our you know saving grace was to get past the whole septic tank environmental health type thing. Um, there are people that are not able to rebuild because of access because of the roads, the width of the roads. There's a worry of uh, debris flow in some areas where. Um, not so much in our area because although we had the fire, you know, as, as bad as it is, it, it's still a natural thing. Um, we just decided to put houses in the forest. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the redwoods and stuff are still very green in a lot of parts. So our hillsides, I don't think will really have the, the mudslides like some areas have had after a fire, but it's kind of a one size fits all. Maybe it's just, you know, counties protecting themselves that, they want people to put in, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of retaining walls in some area in order to rebuild and who's going to pay for that. And it's just devastating for, for, for people. So what's the timeline that when your house will be done? Um, I just did the second phase of our foundation. So, um, I don't know. It's, I hear horror stories on how long it takes to get windows, how long it takes to get doors. I hear they are getting caught up because, um, you know, building, as a nationwide has slowed down a little bit. So I, I'm hoping more products will be available. Um, but I'm thinking six months, okay. nine months. Oh, at the most, hopefully by next spring, depends on the rain too. Um, you know, we all pray for rain, but I'm hoping I get my roof on first, but can't be, uh, there's so many yeah. factors with the fires. I know there's, there's, there's people that, um, they bought their home, so many years ago and they weren't really, there wasn't a lot of equity there anywhere. So, you know, their insurance payout's not going to be huge for some of the homes of Bonnie Dune or their, their lots were small and carved out. And so they don't have enough to really do some of the stuff they need to do. Uh, I know personally of somebody who just, you know, he's, he's 90 years old. He said he, he didn't think he'd be alive by the time they'd given the permits. Yeah. I know. And there's a lot of that up there, you know, especially, you know, in those areas where people retire and it's, 
it's just yeah it's stressful i mean it's it's a you know doing loans is a full-time job and then rebuilding the house is a full-time job too because there's just so many things you never i was you know joking with my wife the other day i said if you know, like if you want four windows and somebody says, do you want the outer windows to open? You're like, okay, well, then you're thinking, well, is that going to be weird to have screens on just those out two windows? And not that, you know, if you bought the house, you never would have paid attention, but because you're having to focus on it, mm-hmm. you know, and I overthink everything to begin with. So it, it doesn't help, but. And I underthink know. it when the project's done. I'm like, ah, oh, why didn't I do it this way? I know. Like, Go get it done. Go get it yeah. done. I'm busy. I can't think about this. So yeah. Yeah. And you get that. Like I see there, you know, where like the size of the bedroom, you're like, ah, oh, you know, I wish we would have made that bigger, but you can't, you just got to roll with it. You're never going to get everything because there's so much to think of. Oh, no, no, no. Bedrooms should be oh. small. Your living space should be large. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you spend real more estate, time living. Real estate wise, where you're going to spend the most time. Now, the caveat is if you're going to spend a lot of time in your bedroom, okay, that's different. If you're a bedroom person, that's different. Yeah. But, it, you know, family wise and everything, make sure your living space is larger. Yeah, and good. Well, thanks. That's a good point. Go. I feel better now. Uh, and I tell, <laughs> honestly, I know too, just so you don't go through what so many of us have gone through with the fire, check your insurance. The difference of, you know, take your square footage, multiply it by 750 a square foot and make sure your insurance is for that because- 750 you know, a square foot. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's probably on the high side, but it's better to have too much than not enough insurance. Um I have, you know, a lot of us probably would have had enough, but you, you add COVID, you add inflation, you add the fact of supply and demand. There's only so many contractor and so many people are now chasing the same amount of contractors as before. Um, you know, talk to your agent. I'm not an agent, but you'd find the difference in the premium is so minimal. It'd be silly not to do it. So good to know. I want to do a, a little segment on earthquake insurance at some point, because I've had more clients ask me about it because it's being offered to them now. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't offered before and living through the earthquake, I still don't see a lot of value in it, but yeah, you know, that's deductibles and all that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, okay. So we've, we've covered it. We think rates might ease up a little bit, maybe the end of the year, beginning of the year, we might see some relief there. Um, before we move on to seller buy downs, what do you see next year looking like? For interest rates and, and real estate or yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, I, I think rates are going to go down. Um, historically, every time the, the Fed raises interest rates that we go in a recession, they're raising rates faster than they ever have before. Their definition of a recession is two negative growth, which we had the last two, but they're kind of changing definitions of, of what it is right now. Um, it's a natural thing. It's not bad. You know, the, the last recession was the great recession, which was caused by le- bad lending. Right. And that recession was caused by the housing, but, you know, historically, you know, values hold, um, especially in our area. I, I think that, you know, I think values are going to hold. I think rates will come down. I think there will be a recession. It's natural. That's pretty much what they're forcing to happen to, get inflation under control. They need to. I mean, they even the Fed said they know it's going to be painful, but they have to do it because it's not as painful as inflation. So um, it's a particular thing. You know, it's just, it's a normal. So I think rates will come down. I think that's really going to start the buy-in frenzy again once okay. people learn about that. 
So I expect next spring to be pretty crazy again. Yeah. Um, one last thing before we move on in Santa Clara County, they've been really saying their prices have gone down. Um, and we haven't seen it here. Is it just because of the sheer amount of homes that they have there and the amount of people that kind of move there? I mean, there's a lot of people that move from smaller homes or first home to that. I mean, there's a lot of move up buyers there compared to here. It's so hard to move up here. But we haven't, you know, we usually follow them, but we don't seem to be following them. We seem to be a little bit of an outlier in terms of prices. What what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think we're, we were always like an overflow. And somebody told me once they said, you know, Santa Cruz County was like the last, you know, back then affordable beach town. You know, you look at, you look at LA, look at Santa Monica, Malibu, you know, and there was always this Santa Cruz was always kind of behind the Mm -hmm. Bay area. Mm-hmm. And now the Bay Area is so much more desirable because, you know, because of the people telecommuting, it's not that bad a drive. Companies are making people come back, but maybe it's two or three days a week. It's an easy drive. You know, 17 has got a whole lot better. Bear Creek's got a whole lot better. Yeah. Highway 9's got a whole lot better. So I think we're kind of on our own island. Um, you know, I think you could have a little dip in value, but you got to look, you can't look, you know, month by month. You kind of got to look at the quarter or a little bit longer because when rates go up people have a knee-jerk reaction um but then it 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 runs its course i've worked with a few people this year that came over here because they had gotten priced out of other Mm -hmm. areas we're still considered more affordable absolutely so uh talk to us about some things that you can do seller buy down programs how what are things that people could do right now if they just you know when you just to interject my th- my own story, I bought when I was ready to buy. It wasn't a great time. It was like 1994. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a good time at all. It was it was a really wild time, and and I think we ended up ending up getting up to almost 11 percent, but our house was only 220. But even yeah. so, it was super scary, and it kept going up. We hadn't we had an adjustable rate that just would just kept going up, and it wasn't a great product that we had gotten into. But I was ready to buy a house. I didn't really care what the market was saying. I didn't care. So what can somebody who's just like, no, I want to buy a house now. I, you know, damn the torpedoes. What can I do? Mm-hmm. Just find a way to make it happen. Um, I I say, you know, the best way to uh, ride inflation is real estate, right? So it's a great place to put your money. Um, there are some, you know, shorter term financing that might lower your payment. Um, that's a discussion I like to have with people, depending on how much money you put down and what that risk is compared to what a 30 year would be. Um, but I've been doing a number of seller buy downs for people, you know, and, and we can you know, yeah. segue into that if you What's want. What's that? Um, yeah. What is a seller so buy down? Seller buy down is it's basically you're buying the interest rate down. So when you, a lot of times when, somebody's looking for a loan, they hear a rate, you know, you'll hear, you know, 7% at, but then you find out they're charging you points. A point is a percent of, of, of your loan. So if you had an $800,000 loan, one point is 1%. So it's $8,000. Right. I'm telling people don't pay points because I can't guarantee you, but I bet you money that rates are going to come down in the future. And we'll, we'll look at refine when the, when the time's right, you know, you might not want to do it right when the rates start going down, you want to, you know, hopefully get close to the bottom because it, it costs you money to refi and, you know, nothing, nothing's for, there are no point refis, but 
nothing's for free, right? So, but we have that conversation when when the time comes. But if the seller pays the points, it it's it's a great um thing. And it, it's really helping buyers. Like I've had people that, you know, back in the in the bidding war days where they couldn't get a property, they were pre-approved to a certain amount. Well, now the interest rate's gone up that they've lost their buying power. Now they don't qualify for that much. They have to, you know, look for a house a hundred or two hundred thousand dollars less. The seller buy down is a way to have the seller give them a credit to buy their interest rate down. And interest rate actually has, and I'll show you here in a minute, um, has a bigger impact on your payment than how much you're paying for the house. So much so that I had somebody that wanted to put an offer on a house they couldn't afford, they couldn't qualify for it. I should say afford, couldn't qualify for it for an underwriter standpoint. So what we did is we actually increased the price asked for that money back to buy the oh, rate right. down and it was a lower payment and they qualified for the house, even though they were paying more money. It's good for a seller. If, if you have a, if you have a seller, um, they don't have, they can net more money because since the rate's more important than the price, they can give us a, a credit and not have to discount as much to arrive at the same payment for a buyer of their home. You want me to show you? I can I yep. can give you an example here. Let me see sure. if I can yeah. share my screen. Um, can you see that okay? I don't see it. There you go. Yep, there we okay. go. Okay. Yeah, so I'll highlight in yellow. So what I took in this situation, this was a uh, um a million dollars. See if you can make it bigger. It's pretty small. Um let me check view. You doing on your side, or let me see. Um, I think you can do it on your actual. Um, let me see here. Zoom. Yeah, there you go. There we go. There you go. Yeah. The organ. Is that good size. Uh -huh. A little bit less because we lost some of it. Just one okay. Yep, there. There we go. So, um, you know, the um, disclaimer: rates are always changing. You know, you always want to get a loan estimate and 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 talk to your 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 lender. But this was just a snapshot of an example at this at this particular time when I did this report uh, a couple of weeks ago. But in this case, I, I it was a million dollar purchase price. Mm -hmm. The rate at that time in this example was six and a half percent. A total payment, which consists of your principal, your interest, which goes to the bank, and then you have property tax which is based at 1.25% of your sales price divided by 12. And I'm estimating $200 or $2,400 a month for insurance. That total payment is 62.48. See that there? Mm -hmm. And this situation, the seller was offering $20,440, because that was like the sweet spot, which would get the most bang for your buck. If the seller was to lower the price by that much, the purchase price would be $979,560. If we kept that rate the same, the buyer only saves $124.64. Hmm. But if we took that same $20,000, left the purchase price at 100, at this time in this example, it would buy the interest rate from six and a half down to five and a half. The buyer now saves $514 a month. And to show why what I mentioned earlier about how interest rate has a bigger impact than price, the seller would have to lower the price $101,696 down 
to arrive at that same payment. So it's a win-win because, um, let me clear up all my stuff here. If you're a seller, it costs you 20000 or it costs you 101000 not only that, most sellers today have a very large capital gains, and that is also something that people seem to forget. Like they get really tied up in the number that they're going to get for their house, but they don't really think about it on the back end. Which I'm always thinking taxes. You know, Absolutely, there's, there's that that yep. benefit there. And for a buyer, I mean, you could have somebody that was approved for eight hundred and ninety-eight thousand dollars, and now can buy a million-dollar house. They just increased their buying power by a hundred thousand too. Just just the power of the rate. Yeah. Why is this um not so popular this time around? It seems to be a very um people just aren't familiar with it. You know, we, we did them years ago when when rates we were higher. Yeah. And there we are we did them some... routinely. I mean, we just mm-hmm. I mean, we would just write offers like that just routinely and most sellers would be offering it. Like that was just kind of sellers were very, let's put it this way. I feel like sellers used to participate more in the actual lending and financing process. You know, now we, even as an agent, I'm very detached on how the buyer buys. Sometimes I don't even talk to the lender anymore. They Mm -hmm. just go get their loan and the title and escrow deals with them. And then we close it. But before it, Everybody was involved, both agents, the seller. You know, we were all dialed in on how this buyer was going to purchase this property. Yeah, a good, great point. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it's we're all on the same team. We all want the end result of you know the seller wants to close their house, the buyer wants their house, and the agent loan officer wanted to close too. So it's just working together. And I think this just you know, doing this is a great you know uh, video that that you're doing. And thanks for the opportunity to, to talk. To, to share this, but I think just educating the buyers and sellers, is just important to show what to do. I mean, every scenario is different. You know, the, the rates are always changing because it follows the the markets. So that, you know, not to say that that $20,000 is always going to lower your rate by that much. It's always changing, but it's just buyers and sellers should, you know, look for an alternative, whether that's, um, you know, you, you do the real estate side. So I don't know if it's when you, when you present it to a seller, you say, Hey, let's, um, maybe ask for, ask, ask your lender, say, Hey, how much of a credit could we ask for to what would that do for us? Or if you were a seller and maybe you got a low ball offer, you could say, Hey, talk to your lender. What if you were to, rather than drop the price a hundred thousand, you offered them $20,000 credit to buy their interest rate down or, you know, it's just, it, it's a win-win. It just depends on how, I don't want to say how you pitch it, but how you present it. Right. Yeah, I, I I think it's still hard to get sellers' attention on it. I think that, you know, the way things have been for the last 10 years or so that I think they've just been like, buyers will figure it out. There's lots of people out there with money. And it's it's like, I think the takeaway from this video is really going to be, uh, we, we kind of came together that sellers probably should be a little bit more involved. If they want to get their number, they can actually still get their number. They just, they're going to have to be a little bit more involved in the financial process of the yeah. buyer. Uh, than they might have been in, in past years, and and that that would probably still go on next year, I would imagine. Yeah, because rates rates as we know aren't going to you know go crazily down; they're just yeah. a bit down. Well, um, I really appreciate your time today, and um, thank you so much for uh, this. Is what one of the things I love about this podcast is I always learn so much, and I get 
kind of refreshed on something even I might have already known, but I hadn't touched in a while. And this is so relevant now, um, helping people understand lending because lending changes. I've been in the business almost 20 years. You more, it, you know, you wake up to a new market every day. You wake up to a new financial market every day and it's you just have to keep up on it to, to, to understand and, and Absolutely. to be you know, productive yeah. in this. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to work with somebody, you know, like yourself, like, you know, that's, that's great that you, you know, help your buyers get their offers accepted of where, where not to go look and, and get discouraged. And also your lender, I mean, you can go online and just put in your info and it spits out a rate, but that might not be the best way to go. You know, there's other loan programs, like you said, programs are always changing. Guidelines are changing. Maybe you get creative and you do something like that seller buy down. It's all about your payment. You know, your interest rate is what you brag around the water cooler your payment is what you write your check for each month. So it's like, how do you get that payment down? Cause that, that's what matters. Right. So it's just being creative and looking at all the tools that we, that we have, you know, the ammo we have and figure out how to win the war basically. So. Yeah. I think it's, uh, you know, being informed just as much as you can, but listening, you know, I back on my buyers win, not just humble brag, but I had a buyer said, well, my friends around the water cooler that keep telling me they're not they're not succeeding and they and they're not winning. You know, they don't have a house. It's been six months, and they they got one on their fourth tryout. And I said, uh, "Well, you listen to your yeah. realtor. Absolutely, yeah. You just yeah. listen. You just paid attention. You, you you know, you follow the information. They 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 went and got their information. They verified it with me. Then they made a very conscious decision and they did well. But, you know, for people who, I hate to say it, but if you, you've got to find professionals you trust to, to win in any of these markets. And so, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you very, very much. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I, I it, It's been great. I'll have you, I'll have you again. Sounds good. Hey, it's the Realtor Lady, Michelle Replogle. Is there a subject you would like me to explore in real estate or maybe about Santa Cruz? Feel free to contact me. I'd love to hear from you. Or if you'd like me to help you buy or sell real estate, that's also something that I do. You can contact me on Instagram, Live the Santa Cruz Life, or on my website, michellesellsforyou.com. That's with one L. My Facebook page, Live the Santa Cruz Life as well. Or check out my YouTube channel, Live the Santa Cruz Life with Michelle Replogle, and my email, michelle at michellesellsforyou.com. I would love to hear from you.